Hey there, Pulsing Black listeners. Welcome back to the show. This is your girl, Christine. Today, we are talking about the college experience. And I know a lot of us have lived on campus or at least had an experience on a university or community college campus. So today's episode is really relatable and even more eye-opening for those who are yet to go to college or who are parenting teenagers who are about to go to college. So today I'm joined by Kalea and Sylvia. Welcome to the show, ladies. Thank you so much for joining me. And just to start, Sylvia, you can go first. Just tell our listeners a little bit about where you're from and how the place you were born and raised shaped your identity as a Black girl. And then we'll go from there. Go ahead, Sylvia. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having us here, Christine, and just having this podcast. And like, I, I'm so excited to hear like all the other conversations that you're having here. So like she said, my name is Sylvia Nyamuhungu. I identify myself as an East African. So who asked me where you're from, I say East Africa, but it's because I was born in Tanzania, but my parents are from Rwanda and I, I grew up in Kenya. Okay. And I also kind of grew up in the U.S. because we moved to the U.S., Um, when I was 14. So I identify myself as African. A big part of that is because I spent half of my childhood on the continent of Africa, but also even after moving here to the U.S., I still like came friends with Africans that were here, but also got to learn a lot about African-Americans and just the history of African-Americans in the United States. So I think I have been influenced heavily by just being raised on the continent, but also being raised in West Michigan to be specific and being around different kinds of people here in West Michigan. You know, you will find the Dutch people. I feel like I have a little bit of some, you know, uh, Dutch uh, effect on me as well. um, Oh, what is the Dutch effect? You know, but yeah, we can talk more about that. Okay, (laughs) I'm curious to hear. Shoot. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, just living here in West Michigan, like there's a lot of uh, Dutch heritage here. And I, the college that I went to as well was majority like white people. So, and they were all, most of them were from the Dutch um, background. So I got to learn more about the, that, that side of the world too. And that's what I was, that's what I meant. Cool. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Kalea, hey girl. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. (laughs) Absolutely. Tell our listeners a little bit about where you come from. Okay, my name is Kylea DeBarge, and um, I'm from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, I go to Lake Michigan College, and it's it really growing up in Grand Rapids. I think it helps me know how to deal with a lot of different people. So I know how to deal with people from different backgrounds because our Grand Rapids has such a variety of people. So it's easier to know, it's easier for when you go somewhere else, it's easier to deal with that person because of where I come from. Nice, nice. I'm curious to hear from both of you how you chose your colleges and who on your college campus helped affirm your Black identity while you were there. Sylvia? Yeah, I uh, chose to go to my college because of my faith. That was the main reason I went uh, to my college. I went to Calvin College. And um, after getting there, I think I was very immersed into like the international community there at Calvin. That was, I did the orientation. I did an international orientation, even though I like was from Grand Rapids and I applied there, but um, I just always felt like I wasn't 
from here still. Like I still felt like I was new because I'd just been here to the US for four years when I, um, when I went to college. So I, I applied to do the international orientation. And I met um, um, African students there uh, from, from the continent, from all over um, the continent, West Africa, um, East Africa. And it was different. It was very different because um, even though like, even though like they were from Africa, they were, their experiences were very different than my experience. Mm. Um, um, even though we have that the mutual con uh, connect, we had that mutual connection of being from the continent, we didn't have the same experience. They, most of them had went to boarding school, um, like international, um, international high schools and stuff like that. Um, but I think just like being part of, um, being part of that international community really helped me. Um, by connecting with the African students, I feel like that was one of really affirmed my blackness. I would say, um, I think that uh, I realized that like with with being black, like you you come from different parts of the world, and like um, like it's hard to like um, I think to expect to expect like I think um, to have a lot of similarities just because you're black. I think I wouldn't say hmm. that. Um, but at the same time, I feel like we're also very, very similar uh, when we're staying in the United when we were in the United States. So I felt like I became closer to the uh, black students, Africans, African Americans, um, and felt affirmed when we would talk about the experiences that we're both facing, being like minorities on campus and being away from home, um, or just um, yeah, most of us were like I think within the first. Um, Within African Americans, I feel like I found more first generation like college um, attendees that I did in the African international students. I would say, so that was also like another point of connection. I would um, I would say really helped affirm my black identity. But I think mm. over time, like I realized that we were more similar than we we, we think. We, um, like I don't know, like we were. I was, I was, yeah, we were more similar than we thought we would be. We were say. different. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting because I had only been in the U.S. I think six years before I went to college. And when I had to pick between um, joining the Black Student Union or the African Student Union, I found more similarities in the Black Student Union and I found yeah. more judgment with the African Student Union. So it's interesting. We had different experiences because I felt like the African kids, since I had been here a little longer, they always wanted me to prove my Africanness. And I was like, I'm not here to prove how Kenyan I am to you. Like, I can speak my languages. I can, I can do everything you can do, but you want me to prove it. It's almost like they wanted to haze me. I was like, I'm sorry, I don't have to prove anything to you. Yeah. And I, I was more comfortable with my African-American friends because I felt for six years, that's the identity that I felt safest in. I didn't have African friends growing up in Baltimore. There were some Kenyan families we knew, but I didn't have friends in school that were Kenyan. So I was like... I think the, the reason why I said that the longer I was, uh, I spent on campus, like after two years, three years being a college student, I realized we're more similar is because I feel like at the beginning, like the, we did have those tension where like we'd have like African-Americans, like... Um, like at Calvin, they have this thing called Unlearn Week, where it's like you come and you learn about, you are learning about your own like uh, notions about around like, just like 
things like social justice and like sure. uh, racism and all those things you're learning you're learning about them from a whole different perspective that maybe sure. you, would learned, you wouldn't be exposed to at school and a lot of africans didn't really understand why mm. like the ones from the continent why a learn week like existed. was necessary that it was yeah, necessary, necessary right 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 i um, get that so i think that there's a lot of like mis miscommunication and a lot of ignorance sometimes among mm. like africans and uh, black americans about each other sure and because of that um i think that leads to a lot of more tension and um yeah more tension and uh, just more more separation from the two sure when sure. i feel like over time when african students were on campus they realized they started experiencing like racism as well and like you know hmm. all this like little discrimination like in class microaggressions and, yeah the microaggressions <laughs> and stuff like that yeah they, right they, they started understanding the other side and i feel like if african-americans were to move on the continent they will probably also understand another side of um of african african students that um they probably didn't have a better understanding of seeing Before. them here yeah hold that thought we'll get there i'm very curious to hear um how um kalea has experienced um her college experience so far and why she chose her college campus and who affirms her identity there kalea go ahead <laughs> okay so um i chose my college off of scholarship um i got a scholarship to go here um and my college experience is kind of whack i'm not gonna lie because of covid it's making everything so not fun like we can't um go in each other's rooms or there's a capacity for the lounge and stuff like that like we it's just a lot of stuff that we can't do and i understand it but it's sure. a lot of people are wanting to drop out and as a RA, my job is to mentor them and help them stay in. And so it's like, it's, it's, it's not overwhelming, but it's kind of frustrating because it's not the college experience that I hoped for. Right. Um, but yeah, the people that affirm my blackness, I guess, are my bosses and me. Um, I do with my personality. So I really don't allow people to affirm or I guess pick for me because of who right. I my, my personality says it all so whether they're comfortable or not I mean I know how to make someone else comfortable but mm -hmm. I'm not gonna be uncomfortable for you so um yeah my bosses a lot they make me feel comfortable because the school is not as diverse mm -hmm. so as I thought it would be or as it it is because of COVID um so yeah and I actually worked at Calvin College and my boss at my school it actually went to Calvin College and she's one of the people who actually helped me with um, understanding that it's okay to be black wow. <laughs> and ain't nothing wrong with it. I mean, I know it's okay to be black, but to be like a leader, mm -hmm. a black leader, it's okay. And she really helped me understand that. Wow, that's amazing in the sense that like, you have a sense of confidence about you that says, I don't need you to affirm me because I wasn't like um, feeling demeaned or, you know, diminished to, to begin with. Like, 
I, I really like that. And I think a lot of college students, especially like you said, if they don't have a lot of um, uh, person to person contact, they're not making those relationships they otherwise would make on campus. It can be hard to find yourself because college is that time where we all hope to find ourselves and figure out what we want to do for our careers and make friends. A lot of people will say my college friends are like my lifetime friends. And so it, it really shapes you. And then all you're left with nowadays, especially with COVID and social distancing is social media, right? And so it, it, I can see how now you being in a leadership position among your peers, there's this kind of pressure to help the others along, but also taking care of yourself to make sure there's enough to give to others um, as you all are going through these times and students at the same, uh, first year college students at the same time. So I wonder what each of you would say to what experiences you have had on campus so far or um, Sylvia, when you were in college that you saw helped unify black students of all different backgrounds. Like what were some events or oh, um, yeah. things that you were part of that you felt, yeah. oh, that event really helped bring us together as yeah. a collective of black students. Right, I would say, the first thing that popped up in my head is hair. <laughs> like uh, hair, like, yeah. Hair. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> all the black girls on campus were looking for somebody who could do hair. Who are the, the braiders? Yeah, who are the braiders <laughs> <laughs> on campus? And, okay. you know, how much they charge and like, what can, what can they do and stuff like that? Or like, I'll just be walking on campus and somebody like, I like your hair, who did it? And like okay. that in itself, like it came from both Africa, like um, African students from the continent, but also African Americans or black students from the US. And Caribbean students. And Caribbean students, yes. So like all, yeah, just all black people, I would say. Then um, I would also say, um, how about parties? Yeah, parties unified all of us. <laughs> I think music like, unifies people, right? Yeah. Uh huh. Parties Look at unify. <laughs> <laughs> music is definitely the one. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Like parties, like I feel like even like every student, like it doesn't even matter where you're from, like like the yep. parties, like you just go there and you'd find. And then like people who are par at parties just want to have a good time, and I feel like right. people let their guards down there. Sure. And, it's different than seeing meeting other people, somebody in class and stuff like that. Um, I remember fashion shows. Kalea, do y'all have? Well, you're in the COVID era, girl. What are y'all doing? Yeah, we had <laughs> not nothing, not nothing at all. <laughs> we also had like fest, like dance events. So like we had this thing called Dance Guild at Calvin, okay. where you can try out for any like any different kind of dance, like ballet or like, and then you would like perform it. So they would have like hip hop and like. Um, they would have like Afrobeat session and like people would go and try out and like and then like you would see like I feel like people started learning about different other people's cultures and I feel like with black people I feel like I also saw more diverse black people like participating in Afrobeats or like doing like a hip-hop dance or something um, so I would say those and then like um, there were, we had African Student Association we also had the Multicultural Student Association it wasn't we didn't, have, we didn't have like a black student association, but we had a multicultural one, which mm. was like all the minority students grouped together. Sure. Uh, and um, sometimes they would invite each other to their own events and everything, but I feel like they were not as connected as um, ideally, like, you know, I would like, I would have wanted for it to be. Gotcha. 
Kalea, what experiences have you found so far that you felt have been unifying um, among Black students in, on your campus? Um, the RAs have to put on a program each week. Um, not a lot of people come due to COVID, but I feel like that unifies people as much as it can. Um, mm -hmm. Because of COVID, there's not much that can unify people. You really just have to find the Black people and, and talk to them. Right. really because it's not like they're gonna come out and mm -hmm. hang out really because of the rules um yeah um and i have a quick comment for just like me growing up in grand rapids mm -hmm. you can tell the big difference with me living elsewhere because you can like a lot of people here um if their whole demeanor changes just off of another black person like for example i was asked by another black person have or did I have a perm in my hair and I told her no and then she kind of like kind of like got um I don't know I don't want to say offended but it was kind of like she was irritated like and I don't want to say she was irritated because I had nice hair and didn't need a perm but it was like she felt some type of way about it and I know that that that's something that they really do here is use perms and I I never really had to use a perm and it's just I'm not saying that they're hating it's they're really like rude about it though like I don't say anything rude about it it's just don't be rude about it wow like I I can relate because I remember also when I went to grad school um I had a perm though, but I had somebody um, at my first job put their hands, a black girl, put her hands through my hair to see if I had a weave on. And I was so offended. I was like, that is a behavior I don't expect from another black person. Like, at least ask before you put your whole hand in my hair and then be like, oh, it's not a weave. I was, I, and it happened so fast, but it, it's amazing how like, you move from one part to another like i i was in a different country but like just like you did you just move to another part and you find that the black experience is totally different and the way you experience that is by somebody looking at you seeing you're different and then saying something or doing something that makes you feel like oh i didn't even know that that's a thing but then the more you experience people from there you find out it is a thing and you find out what about you stands out and it never ceases to to amaze me and i i think hair is one of the things that we, I think, even have internalized um, different levels of beauty among Black people is through our hair and skin tone, because of course the colorism and then the whole good hair thing, you know, who's who has good hair, right? And it's like, oh, it's amazing how that manifests and at the least expected, the least expected times. And so I wonder, have y'all, um, do y'all have, or did you have for Sylvia's um, sake, did you have any black professors? And if so, was that affirming to you or, or was that um, empowering rather to you to have uh, a black professor or see black um, leadership on campus? Cause I know I went to a predominantly white school and they weren't many, but the few that I saw, I used to be like, oh, wow, yes, I see you and I see you. and you know, it felt good because I didn't see a lot of people that looked like me in leadership um, where I went to school. Yeah, we didn't have a lot of black professors, unfortunately. Um, 
Yeah, we didn't have a lot. I think I can think of one right now um, that was a uh, was African American history teacher who was black, and unfortunately, I didn't even I'd never even get to take, to take a class with him. Um, so I think yeah, definitely would have been affirming seeing more faculty like professors of color. I saw more like we had a lot of people who were black working in the cafeteria, um, like more. I think the cafeteria workers are more diverse than the professors. I would say, and like. Um, yeah, so it's it's very interesting because my school required had all these requirements for you to in order for you to be a professor, you need to be like a member of like the CRC church, the Christian Informed Church, which I think it's hard to find a lot of black people uh who are members of the Christian Informed Church also and um who are professors. So I think that in itself just made the pool much more um smaller, the pool that they can like go looking for professors. And I, I heard this talk about it changing, but that, I think that was one of the biggest issues that I even had with was just knowing that there, um, yeah, there were like all these things put in place that like just made the pool much smaller of having diverse faculties and stuff like that. Um, but I probably would say like for me, like upperclassmen were like mentors and uh, were people that we could talk to, upperclassmen were, um, who were black um that, that tell us uh, that will tell us about their um their experiences and stuff like that i remember i always was latching onto the upperclassmen asking them about books asking them about like all these things and they were very open um to share and, and stuff like that but yeah I, I didn't have a lot of faculties i would say unfortunately okay how about in your classes what was your major again international development Okay, okay. So was yeah. there was more diversity there in class? A few. My school itself was not, it's not that diverse. Girl, uh, I was alone. I was a biology <laughs> major, so I don't want to hear it. <laughs> like, if you had two or three, you were good. <laughs> yeah, I had, I would say I had like two or three. I would find two or three people in my class that were black. But yeah, well, in some classes, I was the only black person. And it wasn't, the school was not diverse. And I think my, I remember my capstone for my major is where I, I was in there with like I think four other black students and it was amazing because we were just like the, the conversations are take, taking place in class when like you have different kinds of students then are very very interesting because there are sometimes I feel like I was going crazy because we'd be talking about human rights like there's a human rights class I took and like it was all coming from perspective of like people that have never left the United States or like people from the Midwest or something like that. And I am talking from like somebody who grew up in East Africa and like my, my focus and my perception of it was so different. And mm. I felt like I was going crazy sometimes in class because I had so much to say and so much to argue against, like so many comments to like, you know, push back on. And I saw the difference when I took that capstone class and there was like more other black people in class, more Africans and like, there are just things that like, it's like we're both thinking about the same thing and like just having that confirmation and knowing that, you know, because sometimes in my human rights class, I would think I didn't understand the topic. Like, am I not understanding this stuff? Did I skip a chapter? Like, did I re read the wrong chapter or something like that? Am um, I in the wrong class? Like, right. maybe I'm in the wrong room. Right. Do they think I'm crazy? Like, do, I wondered, I would think this class would think I'm crazy or something. So I would even hesitate raising my hand mm. to answer some questions because I always feel like I'm answering the, I like, it's like they're asking, the teacher's asking for specifically a spoon and I'm giving them an answer of a whole kitchen or something like that. Or like, I'm focusing on the pot. It felt like I was, I, you know. Not on the same page. Mm -hmm. Wow. 
it's interesting based on the subject matter of your class, how your identity can shape how you show up in the class and how you participate in the class, especially in social sciences, you know, liberal art. Whereas in science, there wasn't even room for your identity to show up. It's like you're doing this experiment. Like, do you have a lab partner? Does anybody want to be your lab partner? Because <laughs> you're the only Black student. So those are the kind of issues I dealt with. And in math and, and science classes, I didn't have room for my, my culture to show up. It, I was just there to solve problems and get an A or a B and I, keep it moving. I took a bio core class, Christine, and I became an introvert in that class. Like, I am mm-hmm. not an introverted person, but like, because first of all, it was like such a different like atmosphere, I would say. Of course. And like, again, I was the only black person in my class. And like the lab partner part, like you have to pick your partner like the tension that comes from that knowing that like I don't know it's just the language too I feel like there's a different kind of like social like cues that you like were already mm-hmm. there in place that I did I couldn't like grasp some and, nuances right yeah it's like yeah simple things yeah. but they would just make you question a lot of stuff right Kalea what's been your classroom experience like what identities do most of the professors on your campus hold or leadership staff members and you know what is the makeup of your classroom they're all caucasian a lot of the most of the professors at least that i've met or seen when i came on my tour i noticed that there was not one african-american nurse like a like nurse study professor there was not one there's are the vice president of my school is black so i guess that's a plus Um, my boss is black there's like four black people well, my half, like, I have two bosses. One of them is African-American. There's not a lot. And I do notice that the classes, the lower, the classes that are on the lower end, there's a lot of Black people in those classes. And then the classes that are on, like, the the 102s, those are, like, a lot of the Caucasian students. And I only know, I do have, I only know because I have one class on the lower end and, and the rest of my classes are on the higher end. And it's like so weird. Like you can just look like, oh my God, goodness, all of these people are here. And then the rest of them are over there. It's kind of like segregation, but it's not like the teacher is doing it. It's just it's a couple classes I have are a couple African Americans and it's a couple, most of classes that aren't. Wow. That's amazing to me in the sense that, because when you were saying that, I was just thinking of the, since it's a first year class, I would imagine like the high school experiences that people who are placed in those lower end classes must have had. And if that is a systemic thing at play where you find most minority students are coming in at lower levels um, than they need to be in their freshman year of college and ending up in, in those classes, do you think there is a more of a systemic issue going on here? Or do you think it's just how people select their classes and maybe they just want to be with people that look like them or maybe their friends? What do you think contributes to that discrepancy that you're seeing that is so great? And I never really thought about it like that. I never really asked myself that question, but I think it's really the system. I don't really think people pick because when I came into college and it was picking my classes, that's not really something I thought about because I don't really know these people. So I wasn't thinking about my friends or anything. So yeah, I think it's just 
I don't, that's a hard one. I, that's, yeah. that's a really hard one. <laughs> that's a hard one. I can actually, I, I, it just reminded me of an experience, Calvin, that I know of. So like, if you're, a lot of students, I think, who came to Calvin sometimes went to like private schools, like Christian schools, where they were able to, I don't know, I don't know, like, but they, they were able to be challenged more and maybe took more AP classes coming from private schools than like those who came from public schools. And I do remember that my ACT score was not the best when I applied to Calvin. So they put us in a class where um, it was called like the, the first semester, we, I, I needed to have like an academic coach. And because of that, I also needed, I needed to take a specific, there's a specific class that I needed to learn, take that was called like how to handle college and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I forgot the name of it. I don't remember the name of it. I think was it access to academic success or something like that, or like ways to academic success. I don't know, but I do remember that class was one of the most diverse class I've ever been to at Calvin, and that was freshman year. And I remember like yeah, it was very very diverse. And then after after that class, I don't think I've ever been to as, as any diverse class um, before. Wow, wow, that's that's interesting because I. I have one class that is diverse only because every student has to take it and it's a GEP 100 class and every student has to take that. So that's the only reason I think, well, maybe not the only reason, but that's one of the only classes that is diverse that I have. Wow. It's amazing because I, I do remember a class like that, that like international students specifically from Asia had to go through in my grad school where they, I think it was almost a class for students who English was not their first language, if I'm not mistaken, because I didn't see the other African or Caribbean students having to take that class. And actually it might have even been, actually they had to do a year because I remember like the first year of grad school was called year one and they had to do a year zero. Like they had to come to school a year before we came to school, I think just to catch up on English. But I can imagine they would say the same, like, man, I have never seen. And, and I guess, you know, in grad school, because you're lumped by whatever major you're doing, I think that year they got to spend with Asian students, regardless of what major they had, just because they had this one thing in common. And so Sometimes it's like hindsight is twenty twenty because like, you know, Kalea just even asking you if you thought there was a systemic thing at play where certain students, you know, are coming into college not at the same level as others and Sylvia arguing that perhaps even having a private school background versus a public school background. And we all know the resources that are accessible to schools based on their location geographically and the property taxes in the location that fund those schools. I, I think that's interesting, but I wouldn't, I'm, I'm not going to lie, when I was a freshman in college, that was the last thing on my mind is, why are we so many Black students in this class? Like, I was just, you know, trying to pass my classes, and like you all, whenever I had a chance to mingle with other students that shared my identity, that's what I would do. So there was a space in the student union where I knew some Black kids would be in the mornings or for lunchtime, and I'd just look for them, and you know, just trying to also socially survive that space and for four years, right? Because you're there for four years. So I wonder what advice y'all would give parents who are preparing high schoolers to go into college and how they should, what kind of outlook they should have about their college experience and 
things that you all wish, well, you, Sylvia, wish you did, and Kalea, things that you're finding that are really helpful for you. I know you've taken on the role of an RA, which, yay, go girl, because I was an RA too, so I'm so proud of you, especially as a freshman. I didn't know any freshman RA. I don't even think they allowed freshmen to be RAs when I went to school. So that's they still don't. This is just, I think it's the school, like, because it's a community college that mm. I could be RA. Ah, okay, okay. So what advice do y'all have to give? Sylvia, go ahead. Like if you knew somebody who's parenting a high school student who's preparing for college or you, uh, one of our listeners is a college student, what advice would you give them now looking back on how they can spend their college time? I, I would say that if, if they haven't applied yet, um, they, should, they should call the schools and visit the schools. Um, like it's free to visit and tour the school. Some universities have programs where you can spend a weekend on campus and take classes and like, like take one college class and see how college, like I think I wish I had more exposure to college before I actually, I think my first exposure was when I was doing orientation, like ready to take classes and I didn't see, I wasn't as aware of the opportunities that are there before you actually go. So I think one of the best ways to know whether college is even for you is to do that. And also look into like um, scholarship opportunities. I know like my school offers like, like a program for like kids who are still in high school to apply for like intern, like a, it's called Entrada. You apply for it and you get to spend like a whole, like one month or, or I think one or two months on, on, um, on campus during the summer, living in the dorms with other high schoolers, learning about taking a college class and doing a whole bunch of other stuff. And like, and then you get a scholarship too at the end of it and you get credit to transfer to any university you might go to. So I think looking into those opportunities and trying to uh, maximize them and using them at your advantage as, uh, as much as possible. And then I would say just like being open-minded, like I would advise like all the colleges to be open-minded, like, you know, Africans and African-Americans, like all the black, just be open-minded to be And honest. Caribbean like, blacks, please don't forget the Caribbean people. Yes, they give the us the best parties. Hi, Caribbean people. We love y'all. <laughs> we love your, yes. your dark chicken and all your food and all your reggae parties. Thank you. No, I love me some dance hall and, you know, shout out to Spice. <laughs> <laughs> but I would just say, like, throw everything that you thought you knew about, like, Africans, if you're not Africa or, like, if you're not from Africa or anything you knew about, like, I'd even, like, I would even go as far as, eight, like, different people from different races because I think that when you're in college, you meet a lot of young people that like are or just trying to figure out themselves. And I think going in with an open mind and learning about people and accepting people who you are is something that because then you get to learn more and experience a whole different kinds of world because everyone brings their own world with them and stuff like that. I would say that. And then like, yeah, apply for that FAFSA, man, you know, apply for FAFSA. That's free money. Um, mm. You know, look into like, just look into more scholarships out there, I would say. And don't hesitate to ask questions in class. Yeah, don't hesitate to ask questions in class, even if they're dumb questions. Like, remember, you're paying money to be there or you, you are there because you're qualified to be there. Even if it's asking, like, you know, like, where is, where is the date on the syllabus? You know, like those kind of questions, I think, will just make you feel more comfortable and they'll open more doors for you to ask even the more difficult questions when the time comes. With, like and that. then um, make your advisor your best friend. Talk to your, like... Try to understand your your curriculum and like what you're trying to study and how that play like what you need to do so you can prioritize so you don't end up being there for like five years or six years. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I think that 
if you're aware of your schedule what you need to do from the beginning and it's clear because i don't think i understood my 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 curriculum like what i needed to do to graduate until like my junior year i think that's yeah. when they like the credits were confusing for me the past two years and i didn't ask my advisor questions because i was intimidated when i would meet with them they would just say they just assume sometimes that you know all these things already so ask those questions to your advisor so that you will on track and you take mm -hmm. ownership of your journey as well so you get to pick the classes that you want and you know be aware of all of that i think even being aware that whether you have the right advisor because i didn't have the right advisor and it wasn't until i took a microbiology class and that professor was so amazing that i begged them to be my advisor i was like i just met you this semester but i really feel like you get me please can you be my advisor because i'm not getting anywhere with my advisor and he had to go through some hoops and you know go and tell the other advisor like hey this student asked me to be their advisor is that okay with you so that there's not like you know, department drama, but yeah, shout out to Dr. Margulies. He was my advisor like three years in and I really <laughs> felt like I didn't know what I was. And I, I was in college for five years, to be honest, because by the time I wanted to graduate, there was one class I needed and they didn't offer it every semester. So I had to wait a whole semester before I could take it. So it pushed my graduation even further. But again, all that could have been avoided. Kalea, how about you, girl? What you got to tell the, the younger generations and parents even i think that okay so a lot of people in my generation are telling people in the younger generation that college is a scam and it could possibly be but college is helpful as well it's not it's not as bad as everybody says it is tedious but it's not bad. Um, there, uh, they do want to help you. There are people in the college, if not all of them, there is at least one person that wants you to do good for you. So for me, I am not, I don't have motivation. I'm not good at motivation. Uh, school has just never been, I've never been motivated to really do school, but there's one person here that will be on my hip about school but she never makes me feel like I can't do it she never mm -hmm. makes me feel like it's not worth doing so always talk to somebody in the college there's always one person don't change yourself for anybody no one <laughs> continue to be yourself because a lot of people can learn from you and you can learn from a lot of other people so yeah that's yeah. my advice and I did have one more thing I just forgot what it was go to class Mm. every day go to class because it's homework a lot of homework and a lot of it is due on the same day so go to class every day it seems really simple but you know some people don't don't go to class and i'm gonna be honest with it being on school with it being online going to class is really one of my weaknesses because it's online and i don't really feel the motivation to log into zoom and lay there and be on the phone it's just like weird to it's it's i do it because i have to but sure. it is something that will stop you it is it, it, it's very yeah it'll stop you it'll you, you'll very you'll want to stop <laughs> 
I hear you. And and it's hard enough just going from high school where your whole day was very, very scheduled and very structured to then going to college and being the boss of your clock, the boss of your, you know, your time and and nobody's checking up on you whether you logged on to your Zoom class or not. But I, I also think there is something, even to what you are saying, yes, to some people, College may not be for them, but it's important to know what you want to spend your time doing because at the end of the day, you have a whole 24 hours every day, whether you want to go to work, which is great. We do need those people who go right to the workforce. That's good for our local economy. Yes, we do need those people that go and take up trades because we need those trades in the community. Yes, but we also need those people who do want to attain degrees and and finding out the best way and the most economical way to do it. Because I think when I hear college is a scam, I automatically think student loans. I am six figures in debt of student loans. And it's not funny. It's like a second mortgage. Essentially, it is. And so I really like feel like people who do want to go the college, right? I wish I would have started at community college. I wish I would have you know, gone there, got good grades, got another scholarship to go to a four-year institution, got my bachelor's, again, found a job through an employer that will pay for my master's. I do have friends who took those kind of paths, and they owe way less, if anything at all. And so just, I think, hearing both of you talk to to that, I think is awesome. So in conclusion, Sylvia, do you know of any um, resources or any useful tips that you can give incoming college freshmen or current college students. I know you mentioned about being open-minded, but you know, this show is about unifying people in the Black community and how we can get together even more so. And I know social media is a great tool. So if any of you have any social media handles, any websites that you feel we or our listeners can follow, please share them now. Sylvia, you can go ahead and then Kalea. Yeah, thank you so much, Christine, for having us. I mean, this is amazing. Like I said in the beginning, just having this platform to come and invite people like us. You know, this is my first time I'm being invited to participate in a podcast. So shout out to Christine Mwangi for giving me this opportunity. And I really appreciate it. And I feel very honored. What I would say to Black students and African students and, you know, Caribbeans, you know, all of, all of them, I think that we are all, we are, we are very similar than we think we, we, we might think that we're not. I think that, you know, like, even though, like, you know, sometimes, like you said, you felt more connected to the Black student organizations and campus and like some people feel more connected to the African Student Association. Um, but I think that that being mindful and being aware to like in, invite and include others. Sometimes mm-hmm. as Africans, we might be too prideful and we might not be the first one to make the first move or African-Americans or Caribbeans, like, like one might be too prideful to invite the other. But I think that I'm learning more and more that the bigger person the ones, is the one that initiates first and it's the one that comes out of their comfort zone to to, to invite others and include us, others and even apologize and all that kind of stuff. So I would just say that to, to be more intentional about being inclusive and inviting other black students on campus, even if you, you, you feel like you're not the same because you come from different backgrounds, just like being more aware of how to like, just like be there for each other, I think mm. is what I think I, I, I wish I did more of that. I was the vice president of the African Student Association at Calvin my sophomore year. Um, and 
I um, I tried to like we I tried to to do more inclusive things, but I didn't. I think I could have I could have went further uh, by attending like more events that were being done that by the Multicultural Student Association and stuff like that. But I think we're so beautiful. You know, we're such beautiful people, beautiful cu culture, personalities, and I think that when we're together, men like that's like you know i think people even some people might even get intimidated you know and i think i'll even i'll bring in to say the devil doesn't want us to be together you know that's just me being in my faith but i think that we're such a force that like the fact that we're, we're we so much has happened to us um to divide us to like not put you know like i think that that just and we're still have we treat we still have tried to and we still have things that bring us together like our music our dance moves our hair like even though we have been put in different continents, different countries, we still have a lot of similarities that like have followed us. So I think that that should say something. And my hope is really like as black students on campus, like just be there for each other and support each other in any way you can, whether it's in class and sharing that study guide or in the dorms and like just like checking up on each other mm -hmm. um, or in student organizations and, you know, encouraging more diverse leadership in those places um and just like inviting more i think that's what i would like to see more of than like oh they're different because they have that accent or they don't understand the, the Af you know the african-american struggle like invite them and like help them um understand or even just like make them an ally or um you know just like you know so yeah that's what i would say okay thank you sylvia kalea how about you girl okay the advice that i would give <laughs> would be to stay encouraged and don't let college do you do college um that's the one thing because it like i said before it can be extremely 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 hard but as long as you have faith in yourself and as long as you're encouraging yourself um because you i came into this i came into school with the mindset all I have is myself. So I'm the only person encouraging me. I'm the only person motivating me. I'm the only person, you know, so just have that mindset and keep yourself going. And ask questions, always ask questions. Like Sylvia said, whether they're, whether you think they're stupid or not, you're paying to be there. They already got their degree. So ask away. That's what they're there for. And if they don't want to help you, then they shouldn't be a professor. Right. And I just want to add, I want to add one more thing about fear and anxiety and mm. that like that is very real. And the, the imposter syndrome is very real and question, like, I think I questioned myself throughout the four years in college. Like I, I, every time I would, I would be in a class, I'm like, okay, let's see, let's see how, let's see if I'm going to make through this and let's see if I'm going to go through next semester. And I think like what uh, Kalea was saying, it's to not give up. I think going through it, mm. um, while you are scared going through it while you have the anxiety and finding a ways to like uh healthy ways whether it's journaling whether it's therapy whether it's working out to release those things but don't let just because you're you're scared and just because you feel like you can't do it because like their class i walked in and i looked at the syllabus and i was like yeah this is this looks like a whole different language and i felt like the easy way out would have definitely been to give up and do something different or take an easier class but i think i worked through it in with with the fear i find like i you know and sometimes like you gained a couple weights i gained a, a couple weights in college like i you know but at the same time i think it's 
to not give up and like if i can make it like if if people like us like me and Kalia are doing it you can do it too. and there's nothing special i literally was not like i wouldn't say i was like yeah i don't think that there's anything in particular that like you know so it's just going through it with the fear and the anxiety and healthy ways to deal with it but not let make you give up Wow, y'all really taught me something. I really like what Kalea said about do college and don't let college do you. I think a lot of um, Black students may get discouraged because maybe they're a first generation college student. Um, they haven't seen it done in their family, in their friend group. Maybe they're the only one out of their friends in high school who went to college, who chose that path, right? And so to think that you have to make all new friends who now relate to your new normal and and your new journey can be can be daunting because you you still want to be friends with with your high school friends and you still want to you know feel a part of those groups and things like that but you have a whole new life you know they may not understand that you can't be on the phone at 11 p.m because you have a ton of homework in fact you can't even be on the phone till the weekend and if that's if you don't have a part-time job and so it, it, it can demand that in that season, you really break out of your shell and you find a new crew and not to put your old crew down or forget your new, your old crew, but just a, a new group of people that are in your season where you are in college and understand when you say, man, I got to study for this test. And they're like, me too. Let's just meet up and study together. Um, and, and just know that, you know, that's the path that you have at least for the next year or so, or however long your degree is. But I really appreciate y'all. I know y'all are going to encourage so many people. And I just love that whole thing of, you know, being open-minded and um, finding where you have more in common with people than not. And just, I will tell y'all as somebody who, whew, God, I'm going to really date myself here. So I graduated grad school like six years ago and undergrad many moons at before that, maybe 10 years ago or more. Um, but I know school and college were the times I met the most diverse people. Because once you start your job, you really are only exposed to the people you work with. And you got to work so much harder to meet diverse, different people. So take advantage of your time in college and make as many friends as you can. And those are the people you're going to network with when you start working. Whenever they go to work, you know, you'll know somebody there too. So thank you both so much for being on here. And sharing those tips. Kalea, thank you so much for sharing your Thanks experience. For having me. Absolutely. Especially during the COVID times, the pandemic, you all were that class of students that we were like really praying for, really lifting up during the pandemic saying, God, keep these babies. They had to graduate on virtual calls. They had to, you know, do drive-through graduations. They had to go to college campuses that were like ghost towns to view their colleges and wear masks. Like you all are the first of this whole, you know, new normal, you want to call it. And so thank you for sharing that. And Sylvia, thank you for coming on here and sharing what your journey was in college and giving all the great advice that you have. And so to our listeners, as always, thank you for tuning in. This has been the college edition of Pulsing Black, and I've been your host, Christine. I hope to see you next time.